Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This week saw the successful launch of the Artemis One rocket, which is going to take astronauts to the moon, maybe eventually to Mars. At least that's the plan. And of course, we've seen humans going into space for years, right? But before humans went into space, and even since, other creatures have been sent into space as well. Soviet Sputnik 5 had the dogs Belka and Strelka, plus a gray rabbit, 42 mice, 2 rats, and fruit flies. 32 monkeys and apes have been to space. There have been tortoises in space, frogs in space, spiders in space, fish in space, tardigrades, which are kind of odd creatures that you just about can't kill. They're microscopic and they can suffer radiation, lack of oxygen, freezing cold, dehydration. We dried them out, sent them into space, brought them back, rehydrated them, and 68% of them survived the extreme cold and space radiation. Even roundworms, not to be gross about it, but nematodes have been sent into space. In fact, nematodes weirdly survived the Columbia tragedy because in the wreckage that was found, they were still found alive. So lots of different things, including many, many plants, have gone into space. And all totaled together, thousands of different animals have been launched into orbit since the beginning of the space age. And even some fictional ones. And now, pigs in space! (laughs) My personal favorite. But what about cats? Well, it might surprise you to know, perhaps, given all the dogs and chimpanzees that have gone into space, that to date, only one cat has ever made it into space. A feline named Felicette, who was launched into orbit in 1963 by the French space program. And her story is kind of interesting. She is reportedly, we're not quite sure, but we think, she was a stray picked up on the streets of Paris, one of 14 cats selected by the French agency that was overseeing the training to go into space. That training involved testing in centrifuges, spending long periods of time in restraining garments, you know, because if they're going to be in the tip of a rocket somewhere going up into space, they can't move around much and they're going to be constrained. The cats had implants and permanent electrodes placed on them. This, of course, was to measure their ability to handle the various kinds of tests and stresses that they were putting the cats through. The main reason for using cats was because better a cat than a human. And no one was really sure in the early days what effect low or no gravity would have on humans. The theory was, well, if cats survive, humans can too. So the group of 14 cats was eventually culled down to six based on their training, behavior, overall demeanor, how well do they handle the isolation, the stress, the compression, all of that. And Felicette was finally chosen due to her calmness and her weight. But she wasn't called Felicette in the beginning. She was called C-341. And there was actually a backup cat just in case things didn't work out with Felicette, an understudy for space travel, you might say. That cat had no name. And on October 18th, 1963, Felicette was strapped atop a Veronique AG-1 rocket from a site in Algeria, sent up into space, a trip which lasted less than 15 minutes, but she got up to an altitude of nearly 100 miles, briefly experiencing weightlessness, and high G-forces, 7 Gs on the descent, 9.5 Gs on the launch, by the way. For comparison, shuttle astronauts experience about 3 Gs, the SpaceX Dragon experiences about 4 Gs, which is pretty comparable to what Apollo astronauts on the Saturn V experienced. 
I can tell you personally, having flown an F-18 just one time in my life, best day ever with the Blue Angels, that I pulled 7 Gs on what they call the carrier brake, and it was really close to passing out time at that. And those kind of G-forces are fairly common for jet pilots. Not so common for cats. And Feli Set returned back to Earth. Easy peasy, no problem. Unfortunately for her, she did not understand that the ongoing study of the effects of space travel on mammals was going to involve euthanizing her and studying her brain. So Feli Set sacrificed all for the space program in France. Now, even though she's the only one to actually get into space, the French did attempt to launch another one of the feline cadets, or castronauts. I kid you not, that's the word they use. I kind of love it. Six days later, on October 24th, a second launch was attempted. Yeah, you know where this is likely going. There was a cat on board. The rocket experienced a mechanical failure. It shot off at a very extreme angle, and the cat wound up perishing in the incident. As for the other 12 cats that were in the space program for France... Yeah, they were all euthanized as well, except one. And the reason that one survived is because when they were planting the electrodes on them, that one didn't have a good reaction, they were removed. Subsequently, that one was kept as a mascot for the team. And it's kind of interesting because Felicet, unnamed at the time of the program, was later given a name. And even in 2019, there was a Kickstarter campaign that funded the creation of a bronze statue devoted to her that is now on display at the International Space University in Strasbourg. There is one other note to the history of cats in space, and that's that long before the 60s, when we were actively sending things up in the 1940s, the United States Air Force actually did a series of parabolic flights. That's where you take a cargo plane and you fly it up to relatively high altitudes, and then you go nose down so that you transition the occupants within the cargo area into zero-G-like conditions, because again, they wanted to see how do cats do in microgravity. You know, we didn't know whether humans could move in microgravity. We didn't know if parts of our bodies, like our eyes, would be safe in microgravity. And so we just took the cats up there to see what would happen. And I will tell you, I've watched the YouTube video of the cats in the parabolic flights, pulling zero Gs, floating in space. In these experiments, you can see the disorientation resulting when an animal is suddenly placed in a weightless state. Cats, when dropped under normal conditions, will invariably rotate their bodies longitudinally in midair and land on their feet. This automatic reflex action is almost completely lost under weightlessness. All I can tell you is this video is worth looking up online. Trust me, because they show the cats first flipping over when they drop them in sort of regular gravity conditions, and then under weightless or semi-weightless conditions, the cats are like, what's happening? And they float there in the air, wriggling a little bit, not quite sure. It's the oddest thing, especially because you're used to cats when they're airborne doing such rapid contortions to move around. They're almost, they almost look dazed by it all, but it's very entertaining and important for science. Keep that in mind, important for science. So obviously these cats provided useful information for the subsequent development that was done by the French Space Agency, which gives you your winning answer to the bar trivia question. How many cats have ever been into space? The answer, one. Felicet. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.